the Y curve with Phil Dobby and Roger Hearing. Rushing to get the last stocking fillers? Frantic to think of something your nephew might actually want? Has giving become too much? Are we pushed and prodded by marketing into giving the wrong things? And does all this matter more when the cost of living is such a challenge? Would we have a better Christmas if we gave presents based on value rather than price? Is it time to say bah humbug to overpriced tat? The why? Curve. Well, at least that's the preparation that we're making for our Christmas present giving this Absolutely. year. We, we didn't want to give you overpriced tats, so nah. giving something which costs next to nothing. Yes. But it's the value that counts. Fresh air. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's much better. Much yeah. better. Much yeah, yeah. better. So, I don't mm. know where... I mean, it's... You get to a certain age, don't you, mm. where, uh, which we are obviously at, yes. where, where people say, what do you want for Christmas? And you go, I no idea. I, I, no, I don't know. I don't yes. have anything I need. And if, if I haven't got it, I'll go and buy it. Yes. So yes, it, yes, yes. And so, which is no help to anybody or, else. But or then, I'd like things that can't be bought. I'd like more time. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> that's that would be nice if you could have Better a, weather, a, a you gift, know. Yeah, gift voucher. Well, I mean, you could, yeah, well, you could just do actually a gift voucher to go and live in a different country. I suppose maybe. that would be right. Yes, yeah. yes. But a gift voucher giving you more time, that would be good. That would be nice. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Yes. Now it it is a, an issue where what the hell do you get people who are either like us and have everything, or else only want the most specific things that probably cost an absolute arm and a leg. Yeah. And then if they if they say they want it and you give it to them, there's no surprise value. It kind of lacks a certain something, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. So yeah, and how do you come out with the surprises? That's the problem. And I think part of the problem is so much is online these days. Mm. So it's like if you've got kids, how do you get them something? They don't want anything physical. They live in this online world. How do you buy them? So unless you found a way to go into their game and give them something which is going to contribute to their game, Ooh. which you know maybe that's the way it's going. I'm looking to go. pretty appalled at that point. <laughs> Not that I haven't done such things in the past, I have to say. But no, it well, is. I mean, they live in a virtual world so do. Do you, how do you give how do you give someone something physical when they're not living in the physical world half but the what time? should a gift be about anyway i mean mm. is, is you, are you just giving value in some way that's kind of value because they'll enjoy it value because it's impressive that you've bought it i mean there's yeah. a lot of problems there yeah and we are absolutely besieged by people telling us what we should be buying yeah so there we are there, there's there's an introduction to this week's podcast which basically is telling you here we are just a few days out from yes. christmas roger and i still haven't got a clue what we're going to buy anyway it's going to be a christmas eve rush Although you are off to Ikea, I understand. There you go. Shh, oh, right, okay. No, listen, yeah. I want surprises for my family. Well, they're not going to be listening to this, are they? Also true. Let's <laughs> talk to someone who knows a lot more than we do about all this, and that's Claire McCanley, who's a senior lecturer in marketing at the University of Huddersfield, and she joins us now. So, Claire, I mean, there's a few things at play, aren't there? Uh, in that, you know, we'll we all come out of a pandemic, so maybe our attitudes have changed slightly, but we're also in the middle of a cost of living crisis, so we don't have quite as much money to spend. So, do you think we... Do you think on both of those factors, our attitude towards giving presents and just our, you know, our retail shopping behaviour yeah, generally presents, yeah. uh, has, has changed very much? Uh, yeah, well, I think the pandemic absolutely has made us appreciate one another more. Um, I don't think we've ever had a time in recent history where there was potentially the, the chance that we couldn't spend Christmas together. And maybe a lot of us didn't get to spend Christmas together. Um, and so I think that's really made us appreciate each other more and really think about what it means to be together. And that really puts consumerism in a different kind of perspective for us. Do we really need to buy these, you know, expensive Christmas presents? Do we really need to put all that attention and effort into shopping when we can actually spend time together? 
And what does it actually mean to be with someone at Christmas? I think we really appreciate that a lot more now. And well, I mean, that, that, that all sounds, it sounds really nice and an idea, but we, we get absolutely bulldozed by marketing, by, by people telling us things that we should be having that we would expect to be giving. I mean, it, that surely is still pushing us very much in the bigger, better, shinier in terms of gifts, isn't it? And, and can we get away with, and, you know, to tell me, if you t- tell me this is fine, Claire, then that's great. Can we get away with, with saying to our relatives, for example, look, I just really, I'm so glad to be here, uh, so much so I didn't buy you any presents this year, <laughs> uh, because just your presence is a present to me, and that's enough. But that, that is literally what Phil is about to well, say. Well, I'm thinking about it. You know, you know, well, I was thinking, I've been thinking about that too. <laughs> um, I think it depends on age, age as well. You know, uh, we're talking about kids. They want, they want presents on Christmas Day. They want things to open. When you're talking about older people, um, you're thinking millennials, for example. They've kind of gone past that consumerism stage, I think. Um, and they are looking more towards nostalgic presents or things that actually mean something or maybe things that invoke some sort of a memory. Um, I think we have got a bit, um, a bit bored of this mass consumerism. I don't think, like Black Friday, for example, it didn't really have the appeal this year that it's had in previous years. Um, so I think we are kind of coming into that post-consumerism maybe way of thinking, rather than being really, really caught up in presents and shininess and plastic and whatever else comes with these Christmas presents. Well, it's a, it's a, it, but it's thinking of those things, isn't it? So, uh, mm. so I've got a great one. For, I, my mum doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can tell you about this one because I've just, I've literally just bought it. So my mum, when she was very young, used to get the train up to the Lake District. And in fact, during the war, she was evacuated to, to the Lake District but then, then went there every year since. And there used to be an old railway line uh, from uh, Barrow and Furness, I think it was, to Coniston. It was called the Coniston Branch Line. So bought this second-hand book full of photos of the old Coniston branch line. I think uh, it cost me £4.95. <laughs> and I have a funny feeling that out of everything she's going to get this Christmas, it's probably going to be the most treasured one because, I've A, I've thought about it, and secondly, it relates to you know a bit of her early life. But you haven't bought her that divan suite that she dearly, really wanted. <laughs> I mean, Phil, you're letting her down. But it is. It's finding those things, isn't it, Claire, that actually mean something to people. But you've got to think hard about what, yeah. it, what do they want. And very often people aren't giving very clear signals on that. But I think you're touching on two points here. Christmas is a time to buy people things that they need. So, you know, we stock up on our socks, (laughs) that sort of thing at Christmas. But there's also that opportunity to do what you've done and to do that really special thing and be really um, considerate and find that that gift that makes someone feel something. That idea of an emotional connection is always going to be more valuable than getting a new sofa or a new, I don't know, a new radio, whatever it might be. Um... And also maybe adding that little extra dimension to something. If you buy someone a book, can you get it signed by the author? Like, I know that might be an extreme, but can you, you know, can you add a little bit extra onto it? Or if you buy someone a book or a present, can you maybe take a photograph of something and add that on? So it's maybe kind of augmenting the core gift and adding a little bit extra onto it to really add value to that. It doesn't need to be expensive, but it's thought. I never thought well, I can I can hear the, the big stores pulling their hair out and screaming at this point because all we're talking about is cheap, to be honest. It's things that aren't going to cost a vast amount and, and the, the value we're adding is not the price. Mm-hmm. But are are the big firms, are the are the are the, uh, the big firms at Christmas really recognizing some of what you're talking about and trying to angle their push, their marketing in that way, or are they still trying to sell us the shiniest, most expensive thing? Are they selling us tat rather than selling us experiences? It's really what we're after, isn't it? Yeah, and I think you know the high street is on its knees in some respects. Um, I think your biggest your biggest uh, players are really looking at emotion and experience. If you look at John Lewis, their new Christmas ad this year, it doesn't feature anything that you can buy in store. 
it's not trying to sell stuff that they sell in the shop. It's trying to get people in to kind of feel that experience. So I think we're always going to buy things at Christmas. I don't think we can move away from that. It is a time to buy things and it's a time that we all prepare for throughout the year. We save up for Christmas presents. But there's an additional aspect and it's buying something for someone that's going to that's going to make them feel special. So I think there's two sides to it. Yes, we will be purchasing the big items at Christmas. But where are we going to purchase them from? Are we going to make the effort to go down to the high street? Are we going to go to John Lewis? Are we going to go to our favourite stores? Or are we going to buy everything you know, online off Amazon, online. for example? Yeah. It's interesting what you say about John Lewis. In the advert, there's nothing actually that you could buy there. So is it what, what are they marketing then? Is it the spirit of Christmas, the spirit of giving? I mean, obviously commercialised. But what is it they're really saying? They're trying to get people to feel emotional. It was that's what they do. Their Christmas ads are always a bit emotional. A few years ago, they had that um, granddad on the moon. If you remember that, and that made people cry. It made people feel really emotional. Again, that idea of nostalgia. So I think one of the one of the really um, clever things in marketing is if you can make people feel something, it's hard to make people feel emotional. And if you can do that, then you've really tapped into something. Right. So, so I you think attach they're Christmas to, to John. Yeah. You attach Christmas to John Lewis. That's what they're after, isn't it? So then you go, yeah. right? I got to go Christmas shopping. I got to go to John Lewis. They don't really care what you buy, yeah. so long as you've stepped in the store. That's the emotion because of that emotion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It used to be the the Coca Cola truck. I think that was the the starting point for Christmas when that came on the TV. And now I think it's the John Lewis advertisement. That's the the new starting point for Christmas. Well, I remember years ago. Do you remember Woolworths ads? No. Used Back to, when there was Woolworths. When there was Woolworths, uh, possibly before your time, Claire, but they went on forever. You'd have a commercial break, which might be four minutes long, and it was a four-minute long Woolworths ad. I think it was That's the Wonder of Woolworths, and they used to take you – I've got a good memory for crap ads uh, – and used to take you through – there used to be celebrities uh, showing various goods with price tag. It was very much you know, product and price driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but that's so, gone then by the sound yeah, of it so, yeah. so there's so, no emotion in it at all okay so emotion does but does emotion sell things to us claire is that is that actually something that works absolutely it absolutely works and it's it's creating that connection so on the high street for example we've got a lot of stores that sell the same thing how do they differentiate themselves how do they stand out in the mind of the consumer how do they position themselves and I think it's putting that investment and that thought process into their advertising campaigns. It's that brand building approach. Um, and it's trying to maintain that relationship with the customer that actually enables them to stay afloat, if you want, on the high street. We lost Ebenham's last year. Don't know how well House of Fraser is doing. John Lewis is really fighting to sit to keep its place on the high street. And I think that emotional attachment that goes into advertising campaigns is really, really important. And if you can pull on the heartstrings, then you're going to maintain that relationship, I think. And you can't have that with online shopping, can you? Because there is no emotion in online shopping. It's the most clinical, mm-hmm. depersonalised thing imaginable. And you're just looking for price. You're looking for the best price. Mm. Well, you're looking for price. You're also looking for convenience, accessibility, the process. So, mm. Mm. you know, if you're if you're going on Amazon, it's perfect because it's one click. <laughs> it's almost too easy. So Amazon are really kind of demonstrated excellence there in terms of customer experience because and you can get anything there you, yeah, you, you know can you can anything. even get i've discovered you can even get a we're book getting, getting another of, phil christmas well, present well, no, you can in. even get a book about the branch line to coniston on <laughs> <laughs> on amazon for 4.95 your, your, your mum's gonna hear about this one way or another if you're not careful <laughs> but, but what is that balance then between so you know as we said the strength of emotion in making people shop which is what john lewis is playing and the absolute emotionlessness that is as you say one click amazon who wins in this well well department 
mean, before you answer that, department stores clearly don't, even though that's what they're trying. Because if we look at the retail numbers since February 2020, so uh, this is based on the value of purchases. uh, the va- the value has gone down for department stores. Actually, so not the value, so the mm. volume terms has gone down in department stores since just before the pandemic by a- almost nine percent, and it's not picking back up again. So there's something gone wrong there, hasn't there, for de- for department stores? And obviously it is because we've moved online. So even though they are there pushing this, you know, having a go anyway, trying to push this emotion angle. The horse is bolted in a way, hasn't it? Yeah, and I think one of the problems that we're facing at the minute is a shortage in really good customer service staff and that's really Mm. for me that's really evident when you visit some of these department stores um you might be wanting to go in to buy something but you might not actually be able to buy that thing because there's no there's no one there to help you there's no one there to kind of assist you or direct you so i think what we're moving what we're looking at is a move from department stores being places where you actually buy things to department stores being places where you experience things um, they become experiential spaces, they become social spaces, they become places where we can communicate with each other or have a sense, feel a sense of community. So they're not necessarily there for you to purchase something. I know that might seem a bit extreme, but it seems to be going that way. I've had a few experiences recently in department stores where I can't actually buy the thing that I went to buy because they don't have enough staff, they don't have the right staff. So mm. I don't know if companies are trying to scale back on their staffing costs and encouraging people to go online. I'm not really sure what's going on there. It might be a hangover from Brexit. We might not have people that want to work in customer service roles anymore. Yeah, well, that is certainly part of it, isn't it? Yeah. It's a big part and, of it, And that's not just a UK phenomenon. That is all over the world. They are the retail sector, mm-hmm. uh, like the catering sector, is having difficulty getting people. And the people who are wanting those jobs are wanting more money because they know there's fewer of them around. So, so in terms of, I mean, of gift giving, obviously the, 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 what survives of retail on the street, on the high street, is it's desperate for them. They have to succeed at this particular time of year. And from what you're saying, Claire, then they may be just not able to do it. Even with these, uh, you know, touchy-feely, mm. uh, emotion-laden advertisements, they may be on a hiding to nothing. Yeah, I think that's a real um, possibility. Um, there is that contrast between having the store on the high street and being able to buy stuff online. Now, a lot of these department stores, you can still purchase online. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see how this plays out um, over the next few years. I don't think we can lose our big department stores on the high street because they're really important. And the high street is an important source of socialization and community. And in some of the places that you see throughout the UK, some of the towns like Huddersfield, for example, the high street is not great and it has a really negative impact on communities and on society. So I think we do need to maintain that in some way. But the reality is, is that it's much easier to buy things online these days. And people trust the online process now in a way that they haven't done before. We've got the ability to deliver things next day. We can, you know, AI is coming into play here as well. We can really see what products can do for us. If we, some companies are investing quite heavily in AI and how they present their products online. So I think that is the reality and it will become more prominent in the future. The big question mark is about the high street. But at the same time, whenever we look at Christmas, the Christmas markets are all over the place and they bring a really nice atmospheric. Well, that's theme. a really interesting sidelight on this, yeah. isn't it? Because, again, what you've seen, you know, the whole point of a, of a Christmas market is the experience, isn't it? It's going yeah. there. I, never buy, I like going to them. I never bought anything at them apart from some <laughs> mulled wine. There's never anything I really particularly want to buy mm. there. That's, I don't know how they make their money. On the mulled wine. <laughs> That's where it all comes mulled from. Mulled wine and kangaroo burgers. Yeah, but I suppose all this. So I suppose the point we wanted to know about is is how gift giving is changing. Like if you buy things online, the fact that it is depersonalized kind of makes the gift you get 
pretty depersonalized too in a way you know someone says i want this you get it that's it but there's none of the kind of finding something looks really nice and finding a nice little shop or whatever it is it's a different kind of thing it's more uh you know more clinical and even worse is when you know you say to people well what do you want you know which is like an admission that you really don't know that relative as well as you know they'd like you to uh, and they just go oh i don't know just give me money and then you oh. go, well, how much money do you give them? And then if they're going to give you money, do you give them more money than they've got? It sort of like becomes a balance of payments transaction where you get to the end of Christmas and go, well, how did I do that year? Uh, you know, but kid, you ask kids what they want and they all just go, oh, yeah, I don't know. Just just give me money. I, I mean, it's the most, know, most personalized thing of all. Yeah. But, the, you know, that I think, I, you know, I don't think our family is unusual in that. Do you think more of that's going on now, Claire? Yeah, you're really making me think here about this this idea of gift giving changing. I think the balance of payment point is is an interesting one because that is essentially what happens a lot of the time. But there is still that if people want to feel loved, don't they? They want to feel like they're special. They want to feel like people care about them. And if you give someone a check or a, a wad of cash, do you feel like that? It's almost like the, the cash is the box ticking exercise. I've done that bit. But then what else are you going to give that person? And if you don't give them something else, you know, how do they feel about that? Yeah, because um, we've been talking about the gift giver to a large extent how on earth do you find the right gift to give people and, and where do you do it but but the receiver the person who gets it what they feel about that yeah. is the point i suppose oh, but we, very often we don't know ourselves what do you want for christmas me yeah time i, I think i said before yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah lots more time would be nice and but if let's live in a you know hypothetical world where i'm going to buy you something for christmas what oh, would gosh. you want uh thank god we don't know you know we've got this agreement that we don't put ourselves in this awkward position but uh <laughs> but you've no idea the levels of awkwardness that are floating around here right now claire um but but yeah i mean but, but then the thing is if you know avoided what you want you avoided the question i've avoided you, the question because you don't know and I, don't I, don't, know. I don't know what i want but either. then that's the charm isn't it you yeah. receive something you didn't know you want and that going back to your point claire you, you that's the thing that is missed out when you get to the online stage, isn't it? Well, not necessarily, because I still think that you can purchase product, you can purchase a present that someone really wants, and you can purchase that online. I think it's the thought process that goes into it, and again, it's how the person feels when they get that present. That's the important thing. It's the spark. It's the joy. It's the the feeling of being loved. I think that's what the the special thing is. And it doesn't like I know we've talked about money. It does not need to be expensive. It can be a really small token, and that could be your favorite present because it's. It's meaningful and it means something. Um, I'm 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 drawn to the the scene from from Love Actually. You might uh. you may know what I'm talking about when Emma Thompson <laughs> finds the, the necklace that her husband hasn't bought her for Christmas. Oh yes, and he yes. gives her he gives her the the, the the CD, and it's just heartbreaking. And like that's what twenty <laughs> years old now. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say it's obviously got deep into your psyche, there, Claire. It's I've seen it around. It comes out every year, but it's just that idea that that could happen is just absolutely heartbreaking. So that's kind of the inverse of what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. You know, you give your loved one a really basic present. Yeah, that it's like almost you know. You got me worried now. It, oh yes. So not that I'm having an affair with someone who no, no, bought no. an expensive necklace, but just the idea. Of, you know, am I spending enough? Am I getting the right thing? Right, but I mean, mentioning CDs. I mean, there's a whole load of things that we used to buy at Christmas, like books and CDs. Uh, you know, mm. stuff that you just can't vi videos. Stuff that you just can't buy now because everything is online. Mm -hmm. You can't buy a. Well, you could you buy a subscription to a streaming service or something, but so many of those choices have gone from us, and also. 
also, I'm just wondering about, you know, is there enough new innovation? Is there enough new things? So we've all got a mobile phone. You can't buy someone a mobile phone because we've all got one already. Uh, you know, there's a whole load of things that, uh, you know, yeah. a few years ago might have been a good thing to buy. But just there's very, it seems like there's very little innovation or new products that are firing up our imagination. Something for concrete is what you want to buy so it looks nice under the Christmas tree. Is there anything everyone's going, oh, this year I've really got to get a whatever yeah. it is, the latest well, and greatest seem- thing? So, so Claire, I mean, is gift giving actually more difficult than it used to be? I think what we're talking about here is tangibles. So there's a lot more intangible things we can give these days. So we can give subscriptions, we can give vouchers, we can give online, mm, mm. I don't know, gift cards. So I think it's getting the tangible thing is difficult. Um, but at the same time, you're talking about innovation and maybe a lack of innovation. You know, the Kindle has been around now for a while. Book sales haven't gone down. People still like physical books. There's been a, a, a resurgence in the sale of vinyl. So that's coming back into play. Yeah. People still like receiving tangibles. So I think getting something like a subscription to Netflix for Christmas isn't really going to make anyone all that happy. You know, as much as it's a nice, it might be a nice <laughs> gift. What do you do with it? You want something to kind of play with, don't you, on Christmas Day? Or you want something that you can look at, something that you can touch and feel? Um, so, yeah, it, maybe it is getting a bit more difficult. Um to actually find that thing that you can give for Christmas. We want presents under the tree. We want something to wrap. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you want for Christmas, Claire? (laughs) I have absolutely no idea what I want for Christmas. I haven't really thought about it. (laughs) You're in the same position as us. (laughs) It's an oddity, isn't it, that we don't... Whereas I think, you know, if you'd asked me 10, 15, 20 years ago, I think I'd have had a reasonable idea. Mm. Yeah, it's... Well, it's different because you can... You know, if I need something, I can buy it. So... What I'm going to get for Christmas is something extra that I won't buy myself. So I want something that is thought-laden, something that I wouldn't buy for myself. But I want presents on Christmas Day. <laughs> I want something to open. I want something under the tree. And if I don't get that, I won't be very yeah, happy. Yeah, because, I mean, experiences are always very good, aren't they? Because, you know, if, you've, if, you, if you buy an experience for somebody, you know, like mm-hmm. a ticket to a concert or something like that, then you've shown that you know that person well enough to know what sort of concert they want to go to, and so they've got something to look forward to. But it's still not quite the same on Christmas Day, is it? You're unwrapping you, a ticket. Unless you unwrap a ticket. Unless you go, well, okay, here's some concert tickets, and here's, I know you like shortbread, so here's a <laughs> packet of shortbread biscuits, perhaps. I mean, maybe you have to do, do a bit of both. But this idea of, of experiences isn't a bad one, is it really? No, experiences are definitely becoming more and more popular. Um, and, a, you know, a really nice gift, things like holidays, trips away, concert tickets that sort of thing is a, you know it's a good gift but I think you need to bring in some imagination here as well and think about how you actually deliver that gift so <clears throat> are you giving it to someone as part of a photo frame or as part of the picture are you giving them maybe a gift that represents the trip or the experience so maybe you're giving someone an apple and that's you know a trip to New York can they guess what the experience is oh, you've, got, you've got some good um, ideas here I think there'll be some note taking that's mm. a nice one yeah. yes the apple I like that yeah it's only a small I couldn't get a big apple so I got you a small <laughs> apple so actually you're not so we, we're in, it's only to York not to New York <laughs> uh, but you know it's the thought that counts yeah or maybe like a treasure hunt around your garden or around your house that you have to find mm, different clues idea. you know you can you can be really inventive and really kind of imaginative with this um, and again, mm. putting the time in and thought. But that. But it sounds like you certainly put the time and thought in, Claire. Are, you, are these some of the thoughts going through your head uh, ahead of Christmas? Um, the things that have happened to me before. I've had the treasure hunt before, which is really nice. <laughs> um, and just some ideas that, yeah, some of the things that I would do if I was if I was giving someone an experience, I wouldn't just give them the you know the ticket. I would develop a present around that. I would develop something around that and give them the bigger thing. Um, and maybe give some clues. 
so that they can try and guess. That's more engaging and it's more interactive, I think. It's something nice maybe to do with the Christmas dinner table. So the worst things you can get for Christmas... Oh, yeah. Uh, apart from socks... I want oh, socks. I'm happy you? for socks. Okay, well, I'll get you some socks then, Roger. Don't worry. Uh, what size are you? Big. Uh, big. Okay. Uh, it, it's always bad to get something for the kitchen, isn't it? Uh, is it? Uh, well... I, I think it's okay. I think this this is where gender politics comes in, isn't it? <laughs> so it's yeah. okay to get a bloke something for the kitchen because that is, sort of implies that you will be spending more time there. Similarly, mm. to buy a bloke a vacuum cleaner might be quite good. Uh, but unless you really want the marriage to be somewhat foreshortened, buying your wife a vacuum cleaner. Phil really sounds like he's out of the 50s, doesn't it? <laughs> I just, I'm just sitting there thinking this should well, be no, in black are, and these white. Are things that you don't, exactly, these are things you don't do. Well, well no. Think, yeah, I, yeah, what you're talking about there is fulfilling needs. And we don't want to fulfill needs yeah. we want we, we yeah, might want to fulfill the needs exactly. we fulfill the need but then you have to give them something else as well as that and that's what i'm talking about mm. you know socks clothes things like that thing christmas is an opportunity to give people the things that they need but you also want to give mm. them something extra as well so you might need a new vacuum cleaner for the house fine but what else am i going to get as well as the vacuum cleaner well, yeah, but maybe not giving it on Christmas Day might, well, exactly. uh, might be a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I just get that, you know, the week after or whatever. Awkward, so we, yeah, we'll get one in the January sales. Oh, uh, the worst, that I think, is when you get someone something that you actually want. Yeah, uh, yes. my, my brother once did that when I was about five. He wanted a particular model play. <laughs> and, and you ended up with it. Uh, yes. Uh, he ended up with it well, after you effectively, it. yes. Yeah. That's the way it works sometimes. Yeah. Gift tokens aren't so good either, are they, really? In that, you know, that's just another money subsidy. You're still, you're still on that balance of payments problem. Yeah, you are. Um, but I think the other, the other um, wor- not worrying, but troublesome thing is when you're buying people things for the sake of buying it. You know, I think we've all been there. We've yeah. all been in a, sh- you know, a shop on Christmas Eve panicking. What can I buy my brother? What can I buy my dad? And you see something, as you say, like a kitchen item. And it's like, I can make that work. I don't want to buy it. They don't want it, but I have to give them something for Christmas. Um, and there's, there, you know, there must be a pile of unwanted gifts that just, I don't know, sit in a box somewhere, sit in the corner somewhere. And that's then creating a problem. How do we get rid of these things? Where do they go? Are they going to the charity shop? You know, what do we do with these things? that people mm. don't want. What do we do with unwanted gifts? And that pressure to buy people things isn't great. Yeah, well, there and, are those the classic presents that uh, I think there was a word for them. I think they were called Hong Kongs at one point for some reason, which is a gift that keeps turning up because you give yeah. it to someone, they don't want it. Yes. So they then give it to someone else, yeah, who gives com- it to someone else, it's com- and it's eventually com- it ends up back with you. Yeah, you've got to keep track of it, though. You've got to be very careful <laughs> when you're doing that. Uh, but, I mean, there's, um, I, I, mean, I guess also this the, the issue about attaching stuff, which we, you know, we've, we've touched on, which I think is really, is important. And, it, you know, it's great in the case mm. of mum. I think, I think inspired gift from my mum, if I do say so we're, myself. We're hear a lot about this, but, this but gift I, for but I think even if there's a, a, an attachment to, uh, to an item which d- perhaps doesn't directly relate to people mm. it's just something with a story to tell if you go into a charity shop and there's something there yeah. that's got a story to tell then actually it's the, the gift and the story in one package isn't it so that's that's a good gift yeah that's and that's the perfect gift almost that's the thing that's really going to get you know someone feeling that they're they're appreciated it's not easy to find that sort of thing um, and you can't consciously mm. go out and look mm. for that if you know what I mean you're not it's not like you can pick it out from a gift shop. If it's there, it's there. So, you know, what do we do about that? Do we try and think of the story first and then find the gift? Or is there something that you want to, like maybe it's a particular anniversary coming up or maybe there's an event coming up. And so you want to get someone a special gift to mark that. Or there's something that you can think about from your childhood that you want to, you know, bring back into play. So we're, we're really sort of making out that gift giving is hard, which it actually is. Do you think, you know, as we draw this to a conclusion, Claire, that the uh, that it is actually harder than it used to be. We are at a point perhaps where, 
there has to be some sort of rethink about how all this works uh, because the old traditions and ways of doing things just seem to throw up so many problems. Well, we're a lot more conscious about things these days, I think. Um, we're more environmentally aware. We've probably got less money. Um, and then we've got that awful thing called Instagram <laughs> where everything gets posted and everything's online. And maybe you're in a bit of a competitive position where you have to get better gift than someone else gives or a better gift than last year. Um, the process is definitely changing. I don't know where it's going to go. It is difficult. We probably, we've got more access to things these days as well, which is also a problem. And we've got the intangible aspect where a lot of the things that we use are online or you don't need to actually purchase them. It's not, it's not good for the economy, is it, if we, if we consume less, but it is good for the, for the planet. And it does look like, and I wonder whether this is now, mm. we've set off a trend with the, with the pandemic and then the inflation since. But if we, the volume of goods, uh, ignoring petrol costs in the latest retail numbers uh, from the uh, Office of National Statistics, 2.7% down in the year to October. So, uh, you know, that's not pandemic, that's post-pandemic. So we're st- we, we are still 3% down on where we were in February 2020. So we're buying less. And as I said, you know, it's, it's down 9% for department stores. It's down 7.2% for clothing stores. Household goods down 12%. So, you know, it's, there's some sectors which are really feeling the hurt because we are just buying less stuff. Uh, and I think that's probably a good thing maybe we're buying less stuff but we're buying better stuff i used that word tat before we're buying less tat aren't we and that's got to be a good thing absolutely um i hope we're buying less tat um there's definitely a problem with waste with how we recycle things about you know in terms of where things unwanted gifts go for example so buying less tat is a good thing i'm not sure how i'm not sure how right you are with this so i think i think the problem i think the problem with gift giving is the pressure <laughs> to buy something and the pressure to buy something that you mm. think someone will like. And then you buy stuff that they don't need. And I think that's where the big problems come in. So maybe we could just take a step back yeah, and back. instead of getting, you know, worked up and feeling under pressure, maybe have that conversation. Maybe have a conversation before Christmas and say, look, we'll not do this this year, or you don't feel under pressure, or do Secret Santa, do something like that, so that you're not feeling that overwhelming pressure to buy somebody something. Um, I've bought countless gifts in the past, which I'm sure have absolutely no value to the person and no utility, and have probably landed in a charity shop within a week of January. So removing that pressure mm. is what we need to do. But it's interesting because, you know, where does that pressure come from? Why do we feel that pressure? Why do we feel that we have to buy someone something that they don't need or don't want for Christmas? Yeah, exactly. Well, And that's where the, yeah, the problem is. That is where the problem is. Well, I guess as a last resort, there's always those Marks and Spencer's milk chocolate biscuit assortments. What? I mean, oh, I mean gosh, who, yeah. who's going to say no to that? You know, that's <laughs> there's a little there's advert, that. I think, coming in there, <laughs> creep, creeping in at this point. But there we are. Yeah, a, a way of, well, you know, it's an interesting thought that perhaps we will be buying less tap. We may be getting things that are more thoughtfully bought. But... Um, well, we'll see. I, I, I firmly believe still that Christmas will produce exactly the level of piles of stuff that people it don't will, really want. But, and we should, but we should take that emotion that has been put on us by those John Lewis mm. ads and, and mm. take that emotion and use it to buy gifts, probably not at John Lewis, uh, but in charity shops <laughs> or elsewhere where we've actually thought about stuff rather than just buying there we are. commodities sitting on a shelf. So, I mean, John Lewis, you know, thanks for putting the thought of buying an emotionally yeah. charged gift in our mind. We just probably won't be buying it from you. But thanks for the thought. And thanks for joining us. Claire, it's been great. Yeah, I hope you have a good Christmas and I hope you get whatever it is you want um, around the tree. Thank you very much.
Thanks very much. And do you know what? It is mm. starting to feel a bit more like Christmas it's now. It's beginning isn't it? to feel. It's, yeah. like, it's very close. It in is. fact, you can almost touch it. It is. And it I think is. just that conversation today, because normally we talk about such serious stuff. We do. We do. But it's nice to be a little bit yes. more. Put a little tinsel in our hair. A little tinsel. Exactly. Lovely. And feel a little Christmas. Yeah. In fact, your hair looks like it's entirely made out of tinsel. Most of it is. Um, it's tinsel <laughs> extensions, which <laughs> are a big thing now, right. apparently. Yeah, very good. You well, know, maybe, I'm down with the kids. What can maybe, I tell you? Can I maybe do that for yeah. a future week. Now, look, next week, the week between Christmas. Christmas and New Year, yes. uh, we thought, well, first of all, it's very hard to get anyone to come on, isn't it? Because everyone, shh, shh, but no, I mean, normally people are leaping at the chance. Obviously, it's a very long list and yes. uh, we have a committee that decides who comes on. Yes. Uh, but uh, no one next week. No. But what we are doing, because we, I know, we, well, we produced some extremely good material this year. We have. We, and have. we have had, what, over 80 episodes we now have. of, uh, of The Y Curve. So we're going to look back at some of the best bits yes. and, you know, covering a whole gamut of, of subjects. So... Remind you of why you love the Y curve so much. Yeah, and also a good opportunity as well if you've got no, pe- people who, because there are people who haven't discovered us yet. Good Lord. If you know any of those people, well, you'll be able to put them onto it and say, "Well, look, you know, start yes. with this episode so are. you've caught up." Uh, so we need a bit of evangelism because out there. I mean, there might Bring be some people board. going, oh, "You know, we need to catch up on all of this," but really, eighty episodes—that's uh, you know, like sixty a hours taster, worth. A taster yeah, so is what listen they to this, and then we're all on the same page, and we can start okay. the new year uh, it, uh, at the same place. So there we are—a little box of gifts for you in our next. <laughs> Episode. <laughs> we'll see you next week. The Y Curve. Have a great Christmas. See you Bye. next week. Bye. The Y Curve.